forget everything I said. How's that going? Remember what I said? Disobeying. So this uh, title, Forget Everything I Said, is just to bring our attention to the way we grasp or hang on to things or believe things or disbelieve things. The way we take a position on so many different things. It's not so much about not taking a position as it is on just being aware of the positioning that goes on in our mind all the time, some kind of a position about something. It's quite often that word fits very well. It's always about something happens and then it's then there's a slight about quality happening about that that is like a very subtle gauze that goes over it. So we don't see what happened particularly or what arose. We see what we think happened or our interpretation of it or our preconception. The fancy word is parikalp. Everything is dependently arisen and then we add on. Since I'm bringing those up, parikalpata is imaginary. Partantra is dependent, dependently arisen. It's just the this this uh, rock bouncing off this tree very makes a what noise. It's very simple cause and effect, cause and effect without any ruffles, without any decorations, nothing extra. Even the decorations, if there happen to be some, are dependently arisen without our adding. So when I say forget everything, I say. It's just helping you or encouraging you to see that you you don't really have to remember or attach to words and phrases. That's what's being taught about taught a day or two ago, whenever it was. Dogen saying, making comments on that. At the same time, speaking literally thousands and thousands of words and saying, don't be attached to those. And consciousness in the mind is very complicated. It's given several talks on it's complicated just because I want to help you, help all of us look at just that you're not going to be able to figure this out. If you figure it out, then that's Arikalpata. It may be a very high level of it, like depth psychology or any other uh, uh, circulatory things that are going around any particular object and explaining it, explaining it, and pointing it, pointing at the concepts, inventing concepts to cover certain parts of it. Sounds like education, and it is to some extent. And we need it to some extent. But this world that we're in is not just a material thing, material materialism, which most people are so attached to. Uh, cause and effect, right and wrong, up and down, should be, shouldn't be, and all of those various. Spiritual path is when we begin to release our grip on that. And how do we, how does that happen? First, we have to see that we're gripping, see the intensity with which we fixate. It's happening all the time. If you were to look at the last three hours, we all had a break and we had a work period. And before then, we had a sitting period all morning, more like about eight hours ago it started. And just uh, go back and just review that. You can actually review that uh, better if you're not moving your hands, like I'm moving my hand. If you're holding very still and just go back through that in memory and just make note of where you were starting to clamp down on something and maybe where you were backing up. A metaphor I use quite a bit, and I, I think it, it's helpful, it was helpful to me, is to just, whatever's happening, whatever kind of chaos or whatever kind of elaborations are spontaneously coming out of our chatterbox mentality, our um, petty mind, we all know about that one. Um, don't stop it, don't justify it, don't shut off. But something you can do, and this isn't exactly running away, it isn't exactly 
refuting it or arguing, but just back up a quarter of an inch, back up a little bit. Something about that just receding a little bit. Something about that is very important. The very word religion, relegare, means to re re um, tie yourself. It's a reconnect with some basic situation that is already the case. It's already. It's not about believing in anything. <coughs> it's more about a natural, a natural kind of discipline that you. You're not following something else. It's something that is yours. You actually begin to understand that you're going to need to discipline yourself. You're going to need to hold still and watch very closely at what is ever arising and falling away until you begin to see that subject and object are not separate. It's it's going to be your experience. It's going to be your perception, not something that somebody has poured into you as information. So the whole idea of believing and disbelieving is what we could look at. Uh, when I say forget everything I said, I'm just saying what what's really important about what I'm saying is probably going to stay with you. Even if you took the attitude, well, I'm just going to walk out of here and drop everything. There's probably going to be a few things I've said that will stay with you. One of the things that quite often comes back to me, it's just a simple statement that people remember that I said I have said is as a kind of a I don't know, a reminder or slogan is don't do anything unless you have to. Sounds kind of ordinary. Well, who's going to do that? Well, on the other hand, we do a whole lot of things that we wouldn't have to do. We spend a lot of time daydreaming and thinking or we wouldn't have to do that. You could just be here in your sense fields. You could just realign yourself to just this. You have all this help. You have these little helpers, little dwarfs. You notice I didn't say dwarf, but dwarfs. You have the dwarf of your smell, the dwarf of your taste the dwarf of your touch, and I, and door, a thinking dwarf. And those little helpers are here to assist you. Anybody want to argue with that? Oh, <laughs> good idea. If you, uh, good question, it, it could become fuel when it steps out of what it's doing into something else about that, when it abandons the, just the raw material of touch. Just the raw material, just the touch, and it turns into something else about the touch or how well I'm using this. Some kind of a little mini credential. More? Where's the question coming from? There's more there. It feels like nothing's happening. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like. Go ahead. It could, but that would be actual, uh, a real low level and very precise and sophisticated ego chatter. The actual situation, nothing is happening. There's not even an interpretation. There's not even an interpreter. And and nothing has happened, but it's not an empty. It's not like nothing is happening. And you could. So what differentiates? I think it goes back and forth between that and then, and then at some point or points, or maybe it's not even a point, then there really isn't any differentiation at all. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know... Everybody go like this. Isn't that odd? <laughs> Isn't it odd that you have water in your mouth? Isn't it odd that you have a mouth? This is extra. That's raw material. It's like when you realize that your senses don't belong to anyone. We get so accustomed to having a mouth. So when I did that, there's kind of a humorous thing about that. That's that's the that's the edge of the emptiness that we're looking at. When when they say form is empty, emptiness is form. 
that's that's the area that we that we're actually approaching as we strengthen the witnessing quality of awareness it's kind of like a deep witness that that deep witness is that far away that's why they call it deep it's right there it's, it's available to everyone right now if i could hand it to you i wouldn't do that it's like the guy told me many many years ago i was watching him gild a window and i looked at that and i said Will you teach me how to do that he said nope <laughs> <laughs> i had to learn on my own you to learn on your own you may have to something like that may show up and and it seems like it's it's very unique to each person that each person needs to work with that themselves more what about intensity of practice of the sacred and the one I think it's necessary. It's like the contrast of meditation, post-meditation. You meditate, 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 and you get up and go do your everyday life, and it looks like there's quite a contrast. And at some point, there isn't, there's no, there's no boundary between those. They don't look like two different things more. Did you have? What is it that thinks that it is two different things? It's the, the assumption that there is someone who's thinking. That there's some... Thinker. You've heard of saying it's all over the place, the idea of a thinker without thoughts. Or, I mean, a thought. Is it thoughts without a thinker? Yeah, that's <laughs> a little transcendental dyslexia. It's the same thing, though. If you have a thinker that has no thoughts, that's not doing too bad. It's like having um, really, really sweet with no sugar. It's a diabetic dream. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's possible. We're not, your sense organs are just uh, sense consciousness is not tied into the sense organ. Yes. Using that like the analogy of sweet without sugar, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the word discipline before. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, our senses seem to be creating this reality. When you talk about discipline, do we have discipline on how this appears to influence how this appears? So that there's there seems to be an overflow of that for a while. And then the discipline doesn't do anything. So for a while, if I'm if I'm tracking what you're asking about, maybe using maybe you're talking about the difference between control and discipline. But I'll use the word discipline to guide or influence the hallucination. What's the question? As far as uh, let's just say there's an attitude, and all the sensory input is painting a picture of a dislikable situation. Yes. So with all the senses coming together and who knows what to populate that scene that you're buying into or rejecting, mm-hmm. as far as discipline, is there any way to paint that, have an intention to paint that picture differently? Yes. How? Oh. It just paints it differently. That, that was your question, wasn't it? <laughs> so it's painting it different until it doesn't. As long as there's any kind of low-level paranoia that something might be not just right, then there's going to be some kind of escape or some kind of grasping or some kind of shutting down back to the three poisons, some version of that. There's, there's only this. It's completely, it extends everywhere. And there, There's no validation for anything. Reality doesn't need to be validated because that would be something separate from that would be the, the reality and then the validation of it. That's... Uh, more like belief. So if you say a situation's arisen or appears mm-hmm. and just observe, but it feels like there's a charge of the kinetic energy going into something that is probably not going to be so good. <laughs> yeah. 
And then so you're what? riding in that bus and, yeah. you know. What do you do? Yeah, if you if there's awareness that this is, you know, this is. This sucks. Or yeah. this is how it looks. Yeah. But then it's still, still about, uh, it looks like. Yeah, it, that's it. No matter what. I You said that. But I heard you. And then I said. Or not. No, I said I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of zenny. <laughs> What's that mean? Zen leaf. It's one of them. And then Zen. Is that other one? Below. Zen below. <laughs> that's like. Oh, that's a real. It's it's like an antelope. Only it's very very. Very zen. Balanced. 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 Calm, abiding, soft and smooth. Yes. Um, practicing alone. With others. There's no one right there to say, go sit or sit more. Yeah. You mentioned having discipline. Yeah. What's the difference discipline? Well, they're similar. I mean, they're cousins. But the control is more some kind of a, of a desire, a wish to actually get a hold of something and make it do something. Whereas discipline is, uh, is, an, is a natural state. When you, when you have some kind of control to get yourself into the zendo or over to your cushion in the corner of your bedroom or in your hallway or wherever you sit, Get over there, sit down, and that's the control part. There's some of that happening. I think it needs that to be some of that. You, you need to, you need some help from the ego. But once you get there, then you're just there. Then it's just you're just there. Then just don't do anything unless you have to, which means don't get up. And you'll find that when I say don't do anything unless you have to, applies to the sitting practice because if you you eventually just get kind of irritated with our ego emotions. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. We, Listen to our neighbors, our, our friends, our relatives talking to us, and you can kind of see the confusion, and you you see the natural something about sitting down, holding still, and just watching. You might have to do it for a few years. You know, you might have to have, be inspired by others, by a teacher, or by the teachings, or by a certain teaching that you know that <coughs> you know death comes without warning. This body will be a corpse, and that's a hell of a reminder. That's uh, and it's just basically saying. We have so long in this physical form, we don't know if it'll come back or if it'll come back when there's the teachings of the Buddha, when there's the teachings of this incredible teaching. You can't find anything that's even close to it. There's a few, but even those are hard to it's hard to find because it's so easy to run into charlatans, people who kind of have a little bit of an understanding of it, but then they start to use it for their own, puffing themselves up, sometimes with very good intention. So... Very simple. Get your butt to the cushion. Hold, sit down. Hold still. Find out who you are. Find out what this is. So you have no doubts about it. Find out for yourself. Forget everything I said. It's the same thing. Forget everything I said. Go and sit now. When you sit on the cushion, forget everything I said. If, if you're sitting on the cushion and holding still and you're looking, you'll see what you need to see. Whether you're wearing a rock suit or not, it's probably going to help because it's just more glue. It's when you're up and moving around and you're in the material world. Uh, something a little bit different about this vow that you've just received kind of helps you work with that. And there's lots of other just repeating different reminders, which we all have. It's like every time we have a meal, we kind of feels kind of artificial in a way, unless you've done it over and over and over. May all beings be at the same time where we want to be happy, but we're all beings, so we're included in our own gesture. Let's see. Brad. Pick her. Pick her. <laughs> Pick her. <laughs> Pick her. <laughs>
Okay, you're picked. I just have one more question on you're that picked. train. You're picked. Was yeah. that adding? <laughs> you're picked. Um, right. When you say you need a little bit of control to get to the cushion. Yeah. So it's not easy to practice. Who wants to do that? How heavy are you? How what? Heavy here, firm about your control. You should be pretty firm to get to the cushion. That's, that's, because if you're not, then we just don't do it. The ego, which is usually running the show most of the time, wants to be a person who is a meditator. So we got, wants to be someone who wakes up or attains liberation. So that's part of it. But ego's not going to live through that, and that kind of the self-centeredness kind of knows that that's that's when we do it a lot, we start to see that we're not going to be able to, as Trunk Rinpoche used the metaphor, you're not witness, ego can't witness its own funeral because the very nature of liberation is the death of ego. So what he's trying to do is just to point out that that's part of what the paranoia is about and encouraging you to just keep going. Just do it anyway. You know, it's difficult, but that's why we have a... a, a, a sane person and the, the teaching about being sane and the teaching uh, about the community of people who are supporting each other and living in a community where the, where when you talk to somebody who's also practicing this path, you know, they might irritate you on some level, but also there's something about having Dharma brothers and sisters helpful. Brad. Big Brad. I mean, David. <laughs> Is there any Brad in here? <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny to give you a Dharma name? I'll have to take a look at that rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Brad. I'm not sure where that came from. That's a, that came from somewhere other than, uh, uh, other than me making a mistake. <laughs> Your stepfather's here. Yeah, it's my stepfather's name. You, you don't see him anything like him. <laughs> Nothing at all. Sure. Engaging um, the senses, is there a, when we sit and hold still, is there something about the calmness that naturally engages senses? I would say so. You're just sitting and you can hear, smell, taste, feel. It doesn't last very long. When we first sit down, that's it. It's a beginner's mind. Just sit there, and it feels kind of simple. And it's not about trying to keep that going. It's about watching if there's any adding. Like you have an empty wagon, and if, see if you keep collecting things in it. And if you do, just watch that, because it, it, won't, it won't keep going. If there's a lot of awareness there, not too much is going to add up. Eventually, it becomes very simple. It becomes um, boring. Sometimes we go the other way. Sometimes we totally load, load up with all kinds of stuff that we don't know I don't know where it came from. It's just like somebody dumped a whole bunch of junk in your mind. It just starts to rattle around and be aggressive or be passionate or be cloudy. Does it turn to stillness? I think it does. You have to do a lot of it. But the important thing is not to fight with the the, the calamity that's happening there. Don't to, to not not try to get rid of it or artificially object to it, or because it's a kind of warfare that just gets circular, it goes round and around. So it's a matter of, that's why the metaphor, the image I was using is just step back a quarter and just just use your awareness to just recede, relegare religion, just step back slightly and, and see what, you know, it's, it's like uh, the other image I everybody uses, the control, alt, delete. It's like that kind of, just start over. Like uh, the title of uh, Categories book, all you have to do is read the title. 
the, the title is actually better than the book, not to take anything away from that great teacher, Katagiri Roshi. Returning to Silence, powerful title. The other one I, I like quite a bit is Start Where You Are. It's also beginner's mind. It's, it's, it's difficult because the ego's self-centeredness is, always feels like it's put on the spot until you see that, the, that it's unreal. Then it's quite funny. Yes, sir. Brad. <laughs> this intense suffering uh, that engages or that engages the sense is that a similar operation? It, it's not something you can really generalize about because there's so many causes and conditions that could be underneath that, what you're calling intense suffering. So I hesitate to, to just dismiss it by giving it any kind of a, even a mini credential. So just, just, look at, just look at it yourself. Even if it's, even if it's really, really intense, there could, be, there could be causes and conditions or tributaries that are leading up to that that, are, that that person next to you wouldn't have at all. Whereas in your situation, you might have a whole lot of things that need to be, uh, simply put, just witnessed. Just watch it come and go. It's like rivers just flowing. Leaves are just falling. Thoughts are just arising. Nothing extra. Just this. And that may be intense suffering. It's the extra part that we that, that actually separates ourselves from the from the complete totality of what is happening. Like that shouldn't be happening, or, or the reason that's happening is because it can be it can be. I'll say it this way: you could be just doing your ordinary situation, and there could be intense suffering or pain or or um, even uh, terror arising. And my what I would say to you. As I'm saying, forget everything I said. See if you can forget this. Don't do anything about it. I don't care how intense or many pronged, many weapons come your way. Do nothing. You, you, who, you, who you actually are can't be, no matter, no matter how intense the emotion, who you actually are uh, cannot be destroyed because it is uncreated. Body, yes, body comes in, it can be destroyed. But who you actually are can't be interfered with. So in the midst of um, all these things poured into us, uh, if we're not adding, doing it, is that the stillness? You could say that. Just all kinds of catastrophes are happening and you're just present. Whatever occurs, make no response. And if you make a response, make no response to that. It's very easy to start doubling up once the first kind of knee jerk has happened, then we have another one, then we have another one. And it's like everybody hears about it. Everybody wants to pile on. And then the next thing you know, we've got, what, multiple personality disorder. <laughs> That's not going to work. I mean, that might work for a while, relatively, but it's it's fundamentally, it's just a, just a cover-up. We call that what? What is that called? Oh, an explanation. Is there an extra that's not separate? Every extra is not separate. There isn't anything that isn't, that isn't but, but it has to be seen. Because unless it's, if it's not seen, then we... Then we have a then we have propaganda about something else. We have to have a teaching. So the teaching is gonna in order to function, the teaching has to show up in the world as being separate. The Tathagata appeared twenty five hundred years ago and he never left. And yet you can't find him as something separate. Starting a new page. Is there a question? Yes. You said forget everything I said, right? Is that the title? You remember. Yes. <laughs> We've also talked about the teaching of hearing, contemplating, and meditation. Yes. So how can we contemplate the teaching, hear them, and contemplate them, and forget it? 
Well, forget what I said, but don't forget that. <laughs> what I said is kind of extra. But here, here, contemplate what has been said. Hearing, contemplate. So we hear the teachings. Nothing is separate. We hear the teachings. Whatever, everything is suffering. We hear that and we contemplate that and meditate. Well, forget everything you said about the Yes and no. When I say forget everything I've said, it just means that to, to look and listen to what, what it is and, and see what, don't really attach to anything that's being said. But don't turn away. So I say forget, it's saying, looking at it from the point of view of passion, attaching, rejecting, shutting down. Just like we were talking earlier about control, you need some kind of something that looks like control to get your fanny to the cushion or to the chair or to the place you're going to meditate, to the temple, to the monastery, to the meditation hall, to the meditation room, to your back porch, to wherever it is that you've been sitting, wherever it is, uh, it has been called a, um, a bodhi mandala or circle of awakening. There's a reason the Buddha was called the awakened one. That was the awake. What was, what, what was he awakened about? It's an about question. Yeah. One finger dharma. What was it? Wasn't there, there's a story back in the Zen story about somebody held up their finger and the teacher chopped it off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we laughed about it. Because it's like, did he really do that? He might have. He might have. I don't know which. Does anyone remember which? Couldn't have been Japanese. It must have been Chinese. The Japanese went to that. Yeah. I remember reading it was a, a finger for awakening. Yeah. So the student used finger for awakening and just. Yeah. So he comes to him for some reason. The Zen master chops his fingers off as he runs away. Yeah. Then he puts his finger up and then the student. <laughs> he can't do that because he doesn't have a finger. <laughs> well, he gets um, enlightened. The student. Well, that's probably a good trade-off. <laughs> I lost a finger, but. I see, I see ultimate reality now. Difficult teaching. <laughs> You'd rather have a finger? No, it depends on What if he got the finger cut off that he didn't hold up? Right. Might be more. Might be his whole hand. I don't know. Yes? What does meditation do to the ego? I think sitting practice uh, is about looking and looking and looking and less and less uh, adding on to what is being seen and eventually we see that the ego or the self-centeredness is unreal so we're, we actually start to look at that the images have been used in the past and i think it's a good one we see that it's kind of a mask and, and we we look at it long enough we actually can look at i think trunk Rinpoche used the idea of the mask and he said if you really examine it it's just a thing with holes in it it's just a Kind of a painted thing that the holes unreal. Who wants? Who wants to? Non-specific. A non-specific. Maybe specific. Which one? That's the <laughs> maybe specific. Uh, that's that's the specific who is the is the the imposter. So it's some someone who's something that is unreal is trying to looking for some kind of credential about its reality. We could talk about it a lot of ways. It's just it's just a matter of plus and minus, or this and that, or duality, something trying to see itself. And, it, and all, all the religious traditions have different versions of that. The, the one, what, what's the one, the narcissus looking in the seeing itself, admiring itself in the water. And then there's uh, what the other version of it is the myth of Sisyphus pushes a boulder up the mountain and it rolls back down, goes back down, and pushes it back up again. 
around and around and around. And uh, see a boulder, don't do anything unless you have to. Further questions before we close? Don't, wait, what did I say? Forget everything I said, or was that it? Topic.